The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong Eun Woo's teaching on the book of Genesis, chapter 37 and 38, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Today, we're going to read Genesis chapter 37 and 38. These chapters are about how God continued to prune Jacob in his life through his children. God will build and prune us through everything that happened in our children's lives. At the same time, help our children to embark onto their destiny that he had planned for them so gloriously. Perhaps in the process, our children's immaturity, weaknesses may cause some trouble that may cause our heart to ache for them. But through chapter 37 and 38, we'll learn how to pray for our children, which is so very important. In verse 1, Jacob loved in the land of his father's soldiery, in the land of Canaan. From the onset, you see, the land of Canaan is what God granted to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jacob has arrived in Hebron, but they are still soldiering here, meaning temporary residents. This means that where we live on earth is not our permanent residence. Our real residence is at the internal New Jerusalem. We teaching to our children shall be the same. Our value on life and shall be such. We are soldiering on this land. Verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pestering the flock with his brothers. Something special here is this, that these are the generations of Jacob. Then it continues with Joseph's story. So at this point, Jacob has not fully matured. Through his children, such as how Joseph was sold out by his brothers, even in verse 38, about Judah's toxicity in unrighteousness and wickedness inside. To build, God wants to build this person. And to fulfill Jacob through his children, through lifting up Joseph and accepting responsibility by Judah to also fulfill Jacob's life. Connecting Jacob to his 12 children is a complete special construction plan God had. From the start, Joseph had two dreams. We shall not undermine children's dream. In the book of Acts, specifically talk about all men will dream, children can see visions, and all with breath can prophesy. We need to pray for our children without ceasing. In your prayer, ask your children if they saw anything. Have they heard anything? In your dreams at night, have God revealed anything to you? We're not solely replying to these, but the foundations is by reading the Bible. But in this era, in this time, God will speak to our children in various ways. Because children's spirit is so pure, they may often see God's messengers and what God's doing in His house and His moves. So teach our children to recognize God's supernatural in the normal, in the natural. Since they are young, to be vigilant of the work of the Holy Spirit and beware of God's sending messengers and angels to minister around us. So Joseph's dream appears to be to show the relationship between him and his brother's afflictions. And his father also blames. You can see in verse 11 when brothers are jealous of him. But his brothers kept saying in their mind, Dear parents, please do not give flusters of frictions and jealousy between your children. There are fights and conflicts. We get frustrated and we yell at them. Stop fighting. We just want to solve this matter. Your spirit must be awakened. Maybe God is using these circumstances to build our children and preparing them to embark into their destiny. It is very important for your spirit to be awakened because of his brother's jealousy so that Joseph was sold to Egypt. 
This is a revelation from God to the time of Abraham that the Israelites will be enslaved for over 400 years in Egypt. God was using his brothers in the stream to build Joseph to fulfill what God has destined on him and to fulfill the entire Jewish people's destiny. So do not undermine or get frustrated and anger to deal with these issues between your children. It is possible God is speaking to you so your spirit can be awakened through these circumstances. So the father kept the saying in mind, so Jacob sent Joseph to his brothers. On his way, he got lost. So this person pointed him to the right direction. The brothers sees this little brothers coming their way who hate, they hate so much. They wanted to kill him and put him in a hole. The oldest brother, Reuben, wasn't there at that time, possibly watching the flock. These other brothers plotted to kill him. Some said that we would not get any money by killing him. Coincidentally, at that time, a group of businessmen were passing by. It seems like it was their father's carelessness that he sent Joseph to find his brothers, knowing about their conflict. Did he not think that his child might be lost on the way? But someone pointed to him the right way. The brothers wanted once to kill him. The older brother Reuben spoke not to kill him. Then the businessmen showed up and they ended up selling him to them. So dear family, under these circumstances, it may seem like a chain of unfortunate events. In fact, God is helping us step by step to get on our destiny. Have you encountered some unfortunate events in your life? Maybe it just happened a few days ago or in the past? One after another. Financial issues, all of a sudden children got ill, then your car is not working, the landlord no longer wants to rent to you, and also challenges from work, and then your parents have health issues. Seems like all these unfortunate things are all happening at the same time in one day. We said to God, did we do something wrong? Why did you treat me this way? All these events that happened to Joseph is to awaken Jacob's spirit and Joseph's spirit to be awakened as well. Joseph did not know that at that time he was about to embark on his destiny or everything that God has planned in his life. All that he experienced was intentionally planned out by God. God is leading it so clearly. Judah said that there is no benefit of killing him. Seems that the older brother is righteous. We will read about Judah in the next chapters. There are so much filth in his life. God wants to expose it all so he may step into his destiny. God is building Joseph at the same time building Jacob. You can see in verse 32, And they sent the rope of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's rope or not. Back in the day, Jacob also tricked his own father with fur. Today, his own son tried to deceive him with the rope dipped in blood. You can see that God is holding nothing back regarding Jacob's sins. Every little thing so meticulously done that you may think to yourself, Lord, would you also treat me this way? Would you use my children to treat me the same way? Dear family, I am not trying to make you to be scared of God. Rather, you must have the fear of the God and love of the God. He loves us so deep that he does not want us to carry any sin into eternity. Because one day, you will stand before the Lord on Judgment Day. You will no longer have a chance to repent on that day. You will lose so much glory and crowning. So in this lifetime, 
he treated us so meticulously. When all these unfortunate things are happening, you must really be grateful and praise him. Is there anything I need to change? Anything I need to repent and forgive and to pay back? All that you need to do, just do it. Because on the day of judgment before Jesus Christ, to we must face everyone, everything, one by one. God will give his crown of righteousness, robe of gladness, holy minute, prepare for us. How would I know what I have done? Of course, through waiting upon the Lord. God will let you know clearly. Your spirit will be awakened. How Jacob have deceived his father, today his own sons deceive him the same way. So his heart was torn to pieces. Look at verse 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, officers of the Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. God had already prophesied to Abraham that his descendants will be brought to foreign land. Until the people in Canaan fall of evil, they will not return. Then they will go to war and cast out these people and receive their inheritance of God's promise. See, each chain of events happening to Joseph is one step closer to this promise. So dear family, do not compare to others. Why their lives are so smooth and I have to suffer so much? Why things are so easy for them? Why do I have to go through so much? Because this means you are stepping into your destiny. You need to pray to God. Lord, if I live truthfully before you with no dark side, without sin, why my life is still full of disappointments and challenges. I want to encourage you through Genesis chapter 37 that you are in God's construction process. You are stepping into your destiny and in God's glory. You may feel envious of others comparing to yours. Yes, I do have some weaknesses. My God pruning is a bit much. Do not have that wrong perspective. His hand is always right. He is preparing you step by step for your destiny. So parents, we must pray for our children. They may experience disappointment and failures and some challenges in life. Don't try to help them right away or else you may be the one that interfere with God's plan on your child. You must stay calm and pray to the Lord. What should I do? My child is suffering from these disappointments. What do you want me to do? Lead and guide me. Jacob's favoritism and his love for Joseph is spoiling him. He would step right out whenever Joseph is in trouble. God wanted to fulfill both Jacob and Joseph's lives. So he separated these two completely. Now they each must face God heart to heart individually. The more your heart aligns with God, the more war will win over a children's heart. The more you turn your heart towards your children, God may separate you because he wants to fulfill the promises to your children's lives. Pray for our children to embark on your destiny and do not interfere so quickly. You need to know God's will and how he leads. Starting in verse 38, he begins to talk about Judah. You will see when Judah let his brothers and family to live on his own, he married the daughter of certain Canaanite whose name was Sua. He took her and went into her. You see, Judah did not want to follow his father's faith. You can also see that he and his wife gave birth to two sons, but the firstborn was wicked in the sight of the Lord, so that Judah is not good a good father that who taught his children well to fear God, because in the sight of God, his son was wicked. We do not know what Ur or Judah's firstborn has done, that God see him as wicked, and the Lord put him to death. 
But Judah did, did not see that. Judah said to his second son, Go in to your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. So it is a tradition at that time. When the son dies without offspring, he will lose his share of inheritance. So the younger brother must step in and sleep with the sister-in-law to get her pregnant, and the offspring will be blessed with inheritance. But you see in verse 9, Onan knew that the offspring will not be his. So whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste the semen on the ground, so as not to give offspring to his brother. So basically, he wanted to swallow up his older brother's inheritance. So he did not want his sister-in-law to get pregnant. He also did not want to be responsible for her. And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And he put him to death also. So you can see, both of Judah's sons, Ur and Onan, do not fear God. They did not respect people. They did not revere God. You can see in Judah's life, there is something evil in him. He's deceitful. What he did to his brother, selling him out, also reflected in his own sons. We're not sure what exactly Ur and Onan have done that, that in God's sight regard them as wicked. God put both of them to death. But these two incidents did not awaken Judah's spirit. God wants to fulfill his destiny on Judah, and he has chosen him. Now, Reuben lost his firstborn birthright because he committed a sexual sin. No one knows who will receive his firstborn blessings. The second and the third son, Levi and Simeon, through their deceit, they killed all the males in Shechem, you see, in the past chapters. They are so cruel. Even in chapter 39, Joseph still feared what they did. He did not want to see these two to be together. Who knows what horrible things they will do? Judah did not fear God. So his two sons die. God wants him to really reflect what he has done to teach his children in Hebron. Children may leave one day, but they are still in God's hands. When Judah and Joseph leave their father, God will edify and construct them. Your job is not done after your children grew up and got married and have grandchildren. You must pray, Lord, let my children be sought as good before you and be righteous before you. Let my grandchildren and future generations be delighted by you. They will fear you. Teaching my grandchildren to fear God, to serve God, and to love God. These are the responsibilities of parents and grandparents. We must teach and edify them. At this point, Judah is afraid that his third son will also die. He says to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house till Selah, his third son, grows up. Not long after Judah's wife died also, when Judah was comforted, he went up to Timnah to his sheep shearer, he and his friend Herod and the Adalmanite. This is probably in the month of March, when it's time to shear or to cut sheep's fur and let the female sheep to be fed with grass, so by summertime, the fur will, will grow fuller during winter. Tamar could see that Sheila has grew up, but her father-in-law has no intentions for him to step in to marry her. So Tamar did something. She took off her widow's garment and covered herself with the veil, wrapping herself up and sat at the entrance in, in, in them which is on the road to Tema. So when Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He turned to her at the roadside and said, Come, let me come into you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. So she said, What will you give me 
that you may come into me. She asked for his signet in his court and the staff that was in his hand. At that time, owner of the flocks will carry these signets to mark their sheep as proof of their ownership. This shows that Judah is wealthy at that time. Judah's mindset at that time is that both my elder sons died already. How could I let my youngest to marry his oldest brother's wife? He did not think this is doable. But you see, this daughter-in-law, widow of Ur, really wants this inheritance from God. We did not hear what Onan's widow saying anything. Tamar was speaking out. God sees what Tamar's heart desires, so God blessed her. Even though her methods is wrong or unconventional, God's kingdom will take spiritual violence to get in. You must go after it with all you got. So God will construct you, improve you, and lead you to maturity. So the deal is done here. There are actually two kinds of prostitutes. One is selling their body for money. At that time in the city of Inan, there is no such kinds of prostitutes because the Canaanites sent in sexual misconduct is not about selling their body for money, but offering cult prostitutes at their temples as sacrifice. Through the priest having sex acts with these cult prostitutes as offering to their god. So Canaanites believe that was holy. They have a very strange value system. That on one hand, they reject those prostitutes who sell their body for money. And on the other hand, they honor those who prostitutes who offers their body in sexual acts to their gods. In the city of Yenan, there are no prostitutes of either kind. So of course, when Judah sent his friend to find such prostitutes, of course they will not be able to, he will not be able to find one. And they told him that there's no cult prostitutes here. So you can see how deceitful Judah is. He told his friend to find this cult prostitute. So the friend will think that he had not has sex with a prostitute in exchange for money, but instead he was just simply participating in the lo local Canaanites worship culture. But God wants to expose his deceitful nature. In verse 24, about three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law has been immoral. Moreover, she is pregnant by immorality, meaning she prostituted herself. Judah said, bring her out and let her be burnt. Well, check this out. Someone who had committed sexual immorality merely three months ago, now he wants to punish someone else for immorality as he seems so righteous and holy. We are like this. No one knows, when no one knows all about our sin, but when someone else's sin was exposed, we say, kill them, kill them, burn them. Wickedness inside of us are not much different than Judah. May God have mercy on us. If we realize that our children is deceitful and filled with lies and steals and with all these sinful behaviors, the first thing to do is not to punish them. We must repent first. Please forgive me. I have this inside. And forgive me for not teaching my children rightly. Forgive me for not praying for our children in a fear of the Lord to live a holy life. Both sons of Judah and Joseph are spiraling down in their lives. As Tamar was being brought out, she sent the word for her father-in-law. By the man who these belonged, I am pregnant. Then Judah identified his things and said, She is more righteous than I since I did not give her to my son Sheila. So he took the responsibility and accepted Tamar that she is pregnant with his offspring. 
he no longer sleeps with her, you may think that this is so very messed up. How can these chosen people by God have such messed up private lives? It should be noted that it was a very different time. God's law and his word and standard is getting higher and higher and stricter these days. At that time, God did not ask that much. As we just become more and more familiar and understand his laws, God's morality and ethical standard is getting higher and stricter. God is revealing himself that he has mercy on us, that we are not that mature because he is merciful. He accepted them. So don't think to compare the past that my sins are not that bad. Maybe I have premarital sexual relationship where I had abortions or incestuous behavior. God will accept me. It's not like that. Our education and our society has progressed over time. God's nature and his word has been revealed to us fully. We should not compare the old era with the new era. Be mindful of it. In verse 27, Tamar giving birth to twins. This one came out first, but as he drew back his hand, behold, his brother came out. And she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. Therefore his name was called Perez. Afterwards, his brother came out with a scarlet thread on his hand. And his name was called Sarah. Tamar has her own way to come after what she wanted. Through her own strategies, she received the offspring. God still holds true to his promise to Judah. God chose Perez over Sarah. So David comes from the bloodline of Perez, and so was Jesus. People have their own plans and interests. From Ishmael to Isaac to the firstborn son of Reuben, and then Judah and Joseph, then Judah's children Perez and Sarah, and Sarah, all are chosen by God. We should pray to God. Please choose my child, my sons and daughters. Choose my offsprings to have a place in your kingdom. The weakness and corruption in me shall not fall onto my children. Let these curses to cease in our lives. In Christ, I am a new creature that you have carried all the curses. My children shall receive the cup of blessings from God. Let these curses be completely eradicated and destroyed in Christ. We pray our children will embark on their destiny and do not try to interfere. Pray for them. God's work in their lives is clear. My children, my descendants, and I will all embark on our destiny. Amen.